Are you ready to rock? Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode three of The Good, The Bad, and The Wretched. My name is Chris from the Video Graveyard, and with me today is Josh. Hello. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. That's good. I'm ready to rock. Are you ready to rock? Hell yeah. Are you going to rock with your sock? That's like a sock. That's like a Red Hot Chili Peppers reference where they put socks over their rocks. Oh, yeah. Um, Anyway, if you haven't figured it out by now, we are going to be talking today about rock and roll movies. Um, But first, as usual, let's dive into our little what have we watched segment of the show here. And uh, I will start off. Because you started last time, Mr. Josh. Great. So Go it's for my it. turn. Well, we watched a lot of the same stuff. so We did. So this will be good. Yeah. Um, we went to the, the movie theater together and we saw a little ditty called Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. With Mr. J- by Mr. James Gunn. And uh, what did you think? I, um, I, I liked it. I liked it yeah. quite a bit. I, I don't know if I'm quite as, as hyped on it as some people are, you know, comparing it to Star Wars and stuff. But um, it was definitely my favorite of the Marvel movies, and I thought he did a really good job. Yeah, he did. He did an awesome job of it. I liked all the 80s references and all that kind of stuff he put in it, because, you know, the kid was, like, abducted in 1988 out to space at the beginning of the movie and had that mixtape from his mom, which was gave him a chance to have all these awesome 70s and 80s songs in the soundtrack. And I think my favorite reference in that entire movie was the Kevin Bacon one. The Kevin Bacon was pretty funny. And that's the thing. James Gunn, he's a pretty funny guy. And it's good that Marvel let him have that humor because I just read an article actually about DC Comics ones like Superman and Batman and that where they said that uh, they have some form of unwritten contract or a contract that says you're not allowed to have jokes in their movies. Oh, really? So what's like... Oh, like the like the like Nolan the f- Batman movies? Yeah, like the franchises. You're not allowed to be fun with them, which I find is weird because Marvel seems to have fun with them and everything. But uh, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm not sold on it like as much as a lot of people are either. I thought it was a fun time. I didn't think the 3D added anything to it particularly. No, yeah, I mean, we checked out the 3D because... Uh, we did a bit of research and it looked like James Gunn was recommending that you watch it in 3D. Yeah, I didn't really... Didn't really... Like, I noticed it, but I didn't really care. But that's kind of like my indifference about 3D in general is I don't really care. Yeah, I don't really care either. And uh, Rocket Raccoon's awesome. Yeah, Rocket Obviously, was awesome. Bradley, Bradley Cooper doing the voice on that. I remember reading the comics back in the 80s or whenever it was that Rocket Raccoon first came out. So that was cool. And very weird to pick a superhero team like that where not a lot of people know them, right? Like, out of the Marvel people you can make a movie of gardens of the galaxy seemed the most unlikely which i think is that's why it's cool that james gunn decided i guess i think james gunn pitched them on it i was like hey man let's make a guardians of the galaxy movie and and they were on board which is kind of cool and i just read that it's now the number one grossing movie of 2014 yeah it's um it's been doing extremely well i actually there was a funny post on james gunn's twitter where he said uh, guardians of the galaxy had just passed half a billion yeah, uh, in box office, and then he goes just about half a billion more than my last movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, super. Which didn't even make it to theaters, really. Maybe yeah, like two, three theaters. So yeah, we went to that. That was kind of cool. We enjoyed ourselves on that one. Yeah, and coming from someone who had no idea what Guardians of the Galaxy even was, I mean, uh, I didn't know what to expect. And uh, you know, I'm familiar with uh, all the other 
Marvel movie so far. And uh, uh, yeah, I think I, yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I mean, a lot of it was the the characters and well, yeah, the humor, the and, humor and the casting. And, I thought it was a, yeah. the cast was great. And considering that a lot of it was CG, I didn't find it cloying. Where because no. I find a lot of CG cloying, and two of the main characters in the team, Groot and Rocket Raccoon, are completely CG. Yeah, for, as far as I'm aware. Like I, I know Rocket is, but I'm not sure if Groot is complete CG. Yeah, it looked well. Look, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, pretty sure it but is. I mean, it was well done. It was a fun little movie. I, yeah, I mean, I got a little, little bit tired in the big battle scenes. Yeah, but um, then again, I, I usually do because it feels like I'm watching a video game. But I mean, if I'm gonna watch that kind of stuff, I kind of would. You know, it's great to have James Gunn doing it. Someone cool. <laughs> That's got a you know got a good uh, firm grasp on the, what the fans want. I feel like it was a lot like John Favreau with the first Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, he, he did a good job with you know, that. He's a real fan, like a fan of the comics. Yeah, John Favreau. You see, he goes from like being in Swingers and stuff like that, and then he makes Iron Man, which is still my favorite Marvel. Yeah, movie. I like I like Mar- Iron Man one is my favorite Marvel movie, but I mean I haven't seen the later ones because. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really into superhero movies that much. Just... Yeah, well, they're not. I mean, I think my favorites was, I think my favorite of all of them was Captain America one, but I. The I, first one. The, yeah, the first Captain America. First I, one was kind of cool, yeah. I didn't see the sequel. Sequel's supposed to be better. And I'm not talking about the one from the 90s. Albert Pune. <laughs> no, but. The... I have that one on Blu-ray if you want to borrow it, buddy. I, yeah, I'm, I might watch well, it. We can, we can have an Albert pune because we could watch like Captain America and Cyborg. I got both of those on Blu-ray. Didn't he do Sword of the Sorcerer too? He did. And I think I picked up something else of his recently, but I'll be damned if I remember. We could watch Alien from LA. I've never seen that and I do have it. Who's that? That's not the Kathy Ireland one. Hell right? yeah, it is. <laughs> Valley Girl Kathy Ireland sucked into the middle of the earth. Oh, wow. We should have an Albert pune one of these days. <laughs> anyway, next up for me is I went and saw Boyhood. Which is uh, the new Richard Linklater movie. And that's a really, like, I know it's kind of off topic for this podcast because it's not a horror movie. It's not a B movie, anything like that. But it's really awesome concept. Yeah. Because it was, like, filmed over 12 years. And it had the main actor, his evolution of growing up from the age 6 to 18. And I guess they would get together and they'd film it maybe, like, one or two weeks a year. And it would just... It was just about him growing up and the things he went through as a kid and everything like that. And it was like, really, it was cool because they didn't hit, like, it wasn't your typical coming of age movie because they did, he didn't focus on like the milestones, like getting laid for the first time. Like they never had this thing about him getting laid for the first time. He just got to the point where you knew he'd got laid, you know, <laughs> things like that. Like they didn't have to show it. Right. You know, and, and it was cool because you saw the, all the characters age during the movie and it was just you're just like sitting there going that's a lot of effort for people to commit one to two weeks of their life to a movie like it's of pretty their, awesome like what a like cool for concept. 12 years and then what if like the main actor he starts out making this movie at six and by the time he's 10 he's a fucking obnoxious brat yeah like it was, it's a very risky move that he made but i love richard Linklater. yeah he makes some really good movies like slacker and you know oh, i um, hated slacker but... my my girlfriend loves the before midnight paris right, ones and right. all that and all that like most girls seem to yeah but i mean he did school of rock which is jack black's best movie by far yeah. And, you know, he's he's a pretty cool guy. And, and that movie, I'd recommend it if you want to see filmmaking at its most creative, I think. Yeah, it's a crazy idea. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm a little skeptical about seeing it because, you know, I, I personally, I think 
watching children grow up is one of the most <laughs> depressing things on earth. But uh, it's depressing if you ha- if they're yours. I, I think it's <laughs> intensely depressing. So, um, but uh, yeah. it's 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 not just about him. It's about his whole family growing yeah, up. Yeah, just still. I, I mean, I don't and, know. and it's it's probably the first time I've liked Patricia Arquette in a movie since Nightmare on Elm Street Three. So. Well, uh, yeah, I really loved her in True Romance. Oh, that's true, true, true. Yeah. How could I forget True Romance? So but, yeah, I would say if you're if you're into something different and you want to just see creative filmmaking, you should check out Boyhood for sure. Yeah. Um, another thing that I watched, there's only a couple more things here, is uh, I thanks to you uh, video graveyard readers who decided to put me through the hell that is fucking Ghoulies. <laughs> uh, I was I watched that and yeah, um, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, that didn't. That, it seemed that most people though on Twitter and everything love Ghoulies three. Because it's when ghoulies go to college and when they go to the frat house and get down. But ghoulies one was uh, boring. Like, I remember I liked ghoulies two and three better. And it's like, I think it was the first or second movie Charlie Band made as Empire Pictures. Who directed ghoulies? Luca Berkovi. Berkovicki. Who did like Rockula, which is another fucking horrible movie. (laughs) And he did The Granny, which is pretty awesome because it's Stella Stevens like backdropping people as an evil grandmother with Shannon Shannon Wary. Which everyone loves Shannon Wary. Well, I love her tits, but that's besides Jesus, man. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, Ghoulie's not good. Ghoulie's not good. I'm going to watch the second, third, and fourth, but I will watch them because, you know, once I start a series, I can't stop. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I don't really remember the series. I mean, the, it had a great poster. The poster's the by far the we'll best give thing. We'll it that. But and uh, I, I, I was on Box Office Mojo, and they actually said that movie made thirty-five million dollars, and I don't buy that for a freaking second. Well, it was pretty big. I remember it when I mean, when back in the day, I mean, it was Gremlins and Ghoulies. Yeah, I don't know. You know, now it was, it was riding the coattails of Gremlins. I guess pretty painful, regardless. And horror was pretty big back then too. So. That's true. Yeah. And then my last thing that I watched was, since I watched a documentary last week and talked about it, I'm going to talk about another documentary that I watched on Netflix this week. It's a, it was called Downloaded, and it's directed by Alex Winter, who most of you guys know as Bill from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Right. He also made, he directed and starred in Freaked from right. the 90s with Mr. T as the Bearded Lady, which is the best casting ever. And uh, <laughs> He was in a, Lost Boys right, as well, right? Yeah, he had yeah. a, he was one of the, one of the gang in Lost yeah. Boys. But uh, what downloaded is, it's basically just a documentary about Napster. And yeah. it's about Napster being formed and how it affected the music industry and, what the impact of it was. And you really don't realize how much impact Napster had on music in the sense that it put the structure out there for iTunes even and everything like iTunes basically riffed on Napster and what they did. Is it pro or anti Napster? It's not anti. Oh wow. It's pretty pro. They have, they talk with everybody who was involved in Napster from creating it. They also talk to, um, a lot of the people who opposed it and a lot of the people who are for it they and things to, like uh, that. Lars Ulrich? I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember if they had new ones. I know, wasn't he the reason that Napster went down? He's one of them. Yeah. Him and like Dr. Dre. I'm pretty sure that he's Lars Ulrich is pretty embarrassed about Metallica's part in that entire thing. Right. Like he seems to be a lot more humble about it now. But I think it's because he didn't understand technology at the time or something. I mean... Well, I just thought it was funny because, I mean, Metallica got to where they are. A lot of well, that was to do with tape trading back yeah. in the days. Yeah. And then he, like, flips out when it's, yeah, I don't know. 
just seemed a little silly to so me. So I watched that. It was sounds interesting. It was interesting. I wouldn't say it was amazing, but I did enjoy it. Cool. Um, I would have liked a bit more focus on the more ripple effects of Napster because there just wasn't enough. And uh, yeah. And from that, let us go over to you, Mr. Josh, and let's hear what you've been up to. Well, one of the things I uh, we did since the last episode is I, I'm, I did a double feature screening in yep. a local cafe. You most definitely did. And it was uh, a lot of fun. Not not a ton of people, but it was still a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, it, it was, what, 12 people? Yeah, but who cares? But we it's a coffee shop. Barely promoted it. You but... could probably only fit like 40 people in that thing. Exactly. Anyway, so. And it was just an excuse to get some friends together and watch movies yep. on our big screen with or a biggish screen with some uh, with a good sound system yeah. so anyway the, the choices we made were uh return of the living dead which is one of my all-time favorite which movies. i hadn't seen in about 10 years yeah and i, and I had forgotten so much about you it you had forgotten how much linnea got naked oh man <laughs> that is her tastiest role by far I yeah think. It's, glistening it's, with rain oh, for god's sake <laughs> Hey, I've already, I've already, I've already talked about Shannon Worry's boobs. I might as well kill a full hog here. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, it's, I mean, obviously, it's a great movie. Uh, it is one of my all-time favorites. Great soundtrack, great it's, cast. It, yeah, I and mean, it's like one of the um, first zombie comedies, really. If you think about it, it's probably the innovator of zombie comedy. Yeah, and, and no one's really. I've well, I mean, there's been people that have touched that, but. Sh- I mean, it was a punk rock zombie movie, really, oh, yeah. and uh, the the soundtrack was awesome. It had the damned on it and the cramps. And uh, uh, my favorite, Grave Forty Five Grave. Do you want a party? Yeah, and uh, yeah, and the effects, Tony Gardner's uh, effects were uh, were awesome, and uh, directed by Dan O'Bannon, who uh, had written Alien. I think it, and, I think it's pretty cool that. Um, it started out as a serious movie, and then Dan O'Bannon got into it. He's like, fuck that. We're yeah. going all comedy here. And I also thought it was awesome that I didn't realize that that movie is less of a horror movie and more of a comedy of errors. Because yeah. everything everyone does in that movie, they mess things up even worse yeah. than they already yeah. were. But it doesn't go into, like, farce. It, it like No, it's, it stays, it's got a lot of satire, stay, though. Yeah, satire, stay, but it stays... It's got a tone. It's got a comedic tone, but it still works as a horror movie as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was great. And then The we... actually thing I remember, I actually thought it was less gory than I remembered it, though. Yeah, I mean... Um, I just, for some yeah, reason... There's not a ton of gore in it. For some reason, I thought it was more gory than it was. Well, and then especially when we followed it up with Dead Alive, that was the other oh, show. Oh, yeah. Um, and the double feature. Yeah, so, I, of remember, course, I remember. I remember. that the Living Dead's going to look not gory. Yeah, I remember, telling, uh, I remember telling someone who was at the screening, I was like, they're like, oh, man, I've never seen Dead Alive. I've only seen part of the lawnmower scene. And I'm like, well, you're in for a treat. Yeah. <laughs> and you hadn't seen it in how long? Yeah, it'd been probably 10 years for me. Yeah, so, so we were kind of flip flop on that. You'd seen Return. Yeah. And I hadn't. And you'd. I'd seen Dead Alive like a year ago because yeah. I love Dead Alive. It's my favorite Peter Jackson movie by far. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, that, that goes without saying pretty much. But uh, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, and it was great because we had a group of uh, we had a group of girls there. And, yeah. they were, and they were off knitting in the other room. <laughs> and we were like, oh, fuck, how is Dead Alive going to go over here? Because it's like one of the goriest movies ever. And it was great because they just were yelling at the screen a little yeah. bit and cracking jokes. And that was a lot of fun to hear. Because like, I always say that for Dead Alive, the best thing about Dead Alive is when you show it to someone who's never seen it. And you can watch their reaction because they might start out that movie going, 
I don't know what the hell to think about this. I don't know if I like this. And then by the end, they're sold. And they're like, that was frigging great. They always walk away from Dead Alive with a smile on your face, no matter how gory it gets. Well, it's one of those movies where you can never really... Like, it's it's one of those movies that it's just so epic. And it's, it's just in what it is. Yeah. You can only experience that first time once. Well, yeah. Like the next time you watch Dead Alive is never going to be like the first time you watch. I it. have a double. I had a double first experience with Dead Alive though. How? Because I saw the R-rated cut originally. Oh, okay. And then when I saw the the unrated North American version, it was like a revelation because yeah. <laughs> that R-rated cut is pretty like neutered. It's yeah. got like twelve minutes missing from it. Totally. And then I got the unrated DVD, and I because I. I was on the tape trading circuit, but I never really got brain dead or anything right. just because I was like, well, you know, and I heard that brain dead's not the cut Peter Jackson likes anyway. Yeah. I think it's just, there's more, just, there's a few more jokes. Yeah. But stuff, I, yeah. Uh, I remember when I got that unrated DVD and I put it in and I was like 12 minutes, what thing, what can they possibly pack into yeah. 12 extra minutes? I'm like, awesome. That's yeah. what they can pack into 12 extra minutes. So fucking good. Yeah, and it was just awesome like knowing that there were all these people there that had not seen it. And yeah, just... I think there was th- only three of us had seen it before. Yeah. Me, you, you, me, and one other person had seen it before. Everybody else was a Dead yeah, Alive virgin. True. We popped their Dead Alive cherries. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of blood spray. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty great. Um, and just one more note on uh, on Return of the Living Dead. Another thing I watched in the last couple of weeks is uh, a documentary about the making of Return of the Living Dead called More Brains. And uh, yeah, I, dare, I really want to see that. Yeah, it's really well put together documentary. Um, pretty much all of the key players are in it, except of course Dan O'Bannon. Although they do have a a really touching moment with Dan O'Bannon. Um, but I mean, yeah, it covers everything. Um, and really, the the cast don't hold back in what they. Yeah. Uh, what's what's how long is it? It's it's about two hours. <clears throat> so it's so longer it's, than the movie. So it's it's <laughs> it's not quite. Uh, Never sleep again and Crystal Lake no, memories like, like four those. and six hours. But those are about a whole series, right? Well, that's this is just true, about yeah. one movie. It don't, doesn't even cover two and three and four and five. Well, good. So, well, <laughs> two and three weren't bad, I guess. But um, four and five were fucking not. Yeah, but I mean, I'd really recommend it. Um, when I got it, um, you got an autograph poster with it. Do you have to order that directly from the filmmaker? Or is that on Amazon? And I stuff? got it through the film, like through a website. Like there was a website for. Is that like brains. an independent release then? I believe it was. Yeah, oh, well, okay. it was at least when I got it. I I found out about it like Jewel Shepard's Facebook page was promoting it or something. Oh, okay, and, and I found out about it that way. And um, yeah, I mean, when I got it, it had an autograph poster, and uh, that's cool. I, I think I had James Karen and Beverly Randolph. That's cool. Then, and yeah. I think Jewel Shepard were. I think I'm not sure. The, anyway, though, those two for sure were signed the poster, and and that came with. And then I also got a book about Return of the, the Making of the Return of the Living Dead from the same well. place. Um, no, I got that. No, separately. Oh, okay, okay. But yeah, I anyway, I highly recommend it. It's called More Brain, so maybe Google it and see if it's still available. But it's uh, yeah, I, I well wanna, worth a check. I'll out. have to borrow that off you one of these days. I'm surprised they, you know, usually with those types of things, they'll like pick it up for the Blu-ray release or something. I'm surprised. Yeah, like they no did with did. American Werewolf. They had that really good yeah. documentary on yeah. American Werewolf Blu-ray that yeah, was like so, an hour and a half. So maybe that'll happen one day. When was Return made? 1985? Well, Return's out on Blu-ray, but bare bones. But 20th anniversary, maybe? That's true. Next year. Is it? 1930th anniversary. 30th. Oh, my God. Feel old there, buddy. (laughs) Feeling old. All right. So those are the the main things. Oh, and I do have one more movie to bring up that uh, that I've seen in the last couple weeks. And that's a little... (laughs) 
<laughs> a little David Hevner ditty called uh, oh, Rage and Cajun. Rage that, uh, and Cajun. Checked out on uh, VHS. We actually watched it after we recorded yeah. episode two. After the Stephen King, we... Uh, we are like, we talked about Stephen King for an hour. Let's watch us some David Hevner. Yeah, and uh, it sounded like it was going to be like a... Well, what did the bo- what's the, the box said? More, more blood than blood sport. sport. <laughs> more kick than kickboxer. So we're like, fuck, we're in. <laughs> yeah, well, more... And we thought it was like going to be like a... Raging Cage, we're like, oh, it's a down south one. It's like Gator Bait only with kickboxing or something. Yeah, not. It was, uh, yeah, it was a, it was was like a, it was a Vietnam drama about a a Vietnam vet who wanted to become a country singer. Oh man, sing. Let's talk. Let's talk about those country songs. What what did it go? Um, the the main one. On my best friend and fell in love. That was my favorite. Yeah, because they had a montage of him. A heart like like a long, like a long ass montage of him like having ice cream with this girl and doing all this stuff while that song droned on in the background. I look at Josh. (laughs) He looks at me, and we just start killing ourselves laughing because we can't believe the lyrics. Like he wrote all those songs. I know, (laughs) and you know what? I actually discovered that he has albums Kevner became began his started his career as a country music singer and songwriter (laughs) (laughs) totally and apparently he's now doing christian music i I, haven't i haven't confirmed that but i I did see that somewhere but he definitely began his career as a country singer well i can judging from what's on display in raging cage and i'm glad he moved on to (laughs) acting even though that's kind of suspect a lot of times too well and actually (laughs) oh jesus i also learned (laughs) that david hevner now has an acting academy where you can (laughs) purchase online courses which no okay okay let's give it a second now let's think about david havner though like the guy has been making movies for what 25 years a long time yeah and he's made a living at it so i mean you you can't really knock him that much he's found a way that he can write produce direct um, and star in all these movies, and he's uh, he's done it. But so, I I thought the story behind Raging Cajun is he just went up to this producer and said, "Hey man, I'll give you a basic plot outline. Give me like four hundred thousand dollars, and I'll make a is movie. That true? Something like that. I I can't confirm it. Huh? I just remember there was some sort of trivia about that. Well, I, I did I did look up the acting academy and saw the little. Are you like, gonna go? Video? No, but it did. You know, but I mean, he does. He he is able to make movies. You know, his first just, movie was in 1985. Yeah, he's been going for a long time. So 30 years of, almost. Yeah, and anyway, the other thing about Rage and Cajun is Charlene Tilton from Dallas fame, and of course, Diary of a Teenage you a Hitchhiker. You have a crush on her. I do kind of have a crush on her. And uh, Samantha Egger was in it from uh, The Brood. And oh the yeah, Terminator she was briefly in it as curtains. a psychiatrist. Yeah. She's like, what's wrong? And also, um, Dolly Parton's sister Stella makes a what? small appearance. <laughs> when was that? She was one of the like country singers oh, in the really? bar. Huh. Anyway, definitely not no blood, more blood than blood sport. But, definitely um, not more kick than kickboxer. Considering yeah. there was and like I, I think two fights in it a lot more than I did. I uh, I actually didn't hate it. <laughs> I didn't but hate it. I, I, I just I was bored <laughs> a little bit. I I, I love the songs. If that's any anyway, that's something I might show on a movie movie double feature. Jesus Christ. But there'd have to be drinking involved. No, anyway, but... that's what I've been... Uh, oh, wait. Been... Hang on. I just wanted to talk about David Hefner here. Apparently, he's in this movie coming out called Ghost Aliens. He's got a weird look about him. I, I don't know what it is. Like, he's got this look. It's like... It, it's very... It's almost vacant. Like, he just looks like he's going to 
fucking snap. Well, you know. At any time. He's had a hard life. Those country songs prove it because he tripped he on his best friend and fell into does, love. But he did get <laughs> he did get the uh, agoraphobic legs to, to walk or That's to get true. out of his room. In that was movie. very inspiring. So, yeah, it was very, very inspiring. inspiring. Legs getting all dolled up. You have to see this movie to yeah, believe it I at least once, David's I think. His head was in the right place. It was just... It was it was it's quite the experience. I, I gotta say, I, I I have thought about it often since we watched. I think it. if I think if I have my damaged Vietnam vets, I think I'm going to stick with Combat Shock or First Blood or something. Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, that's 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 it for me. Raging Cajun had too much time. <laughs> that's all you got. That's all I got for uh, stuff I've watched. Okay, not bad, not bad. One of the other things I watched. I will talk about in our topic once we hit it. Um, but now let's go on to news stories, shall we? Yeah, we shall. I only have three things, and most of them are very minor because I uh, I don't keep up with the news as much as I should because I just don't have enough time because there's always so many news releases. Um, I did hear that Kevin Smith is now making, you know how Tusk is coming out? So which is, what's the plot of Tusk? Tusk is basically about it's it's a story about a guy who's like doing podcasts about weird stuff and he goes to Alberta like out in Canada here and he uh meets this guy who's transforms people into walruses. Wow. I call it Kevin Smith's human centipede. Nice. Well, hopefully it's that. But uh the trailer's pretty awesome, but I I learned that he's actually making a horror movie trilogy now. Cuz he was uh, and they're all going to be based on Canadian stories. Really? So the second one that he's announced is called Yoga Hosers. Now, and if you know Canada, <laughs> you know Hosers is a very big term up here. And uh, basically it's about his daughter is going to be in it as one of the main actresses. And Johnny Depp's daughter is going to be the other actress. And they're co-starring. And from what I gather, it's about them being yoga. They do yoga, but they also fight evil. Oh, and apparently, just what we need, yoga heroes. And apparently, Johnny Depp's going to be in it as well. Oh, okay, but I it it's interesting that he's deciding to spin these to three horror movies because, like a year ago, he said he was retiring or something. He said, "I'm going to make Clerks three, and that's it. I'm done." Right, yeah, and now he's like making all these movies. And like, I didn't really care for Red State that much to begin with. Yeah, I haven't seen Red State, I mean, but I didn't even I forgot that he said he was, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah, he said he was gonna retire yeah. after he made Clerks Three. Yeah. He was talking about making a hockey movie. Right. And then that was like, I'm gonna make a hockey TV show. Yeah. And then he's like, No, I'm gonna make Clerks Three and then be done. And then Tusk came up, he's like, After Tusk, I'm gonna make Clerks Three and be done. And now he's got these two other horror movies, so I think he needs to make his mind up what he wants to do. Well, he is a fun filmmaker. I haven't seen Red State either, but I, I didn't mean, really care for it and, and Cop Out was pretty bad. But was that was a make work project, I think, because he didn't have anything to do with the writing of it. So, I I just think I do think he's got talent when he wants to. Maybe he's a little lazy. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure what it is. He can't be lazy. The guy's think... got like 12 podcasts and a freaking reality TV That's show true. and everything. I do think Kevin Smith should do a superhero movie at some point, but because he is, you know, again, like just like we were talking about James Gunn, I think Kevin Smith should. Well, he's do re- that sometime. He he wrote Green Hornet originally. And then it got rejected. Yeah, and then he wrote that Batman. Green Hornet got his Green Hornet screenplay got put out as comics, and then he also wrote a couple of Batman stories. Or, and he, 
He wrote. He made it. that Superman movie that Nick Cage was going to be. Yeah, in, yeah. He but made that never happened. He made those two Batman. He has two Batman graphic novels. Well, they they were series, and he actually did them with Walt Flanagan, who's like the guy who played the uh, Egg Inspector yeah, yeah. in Clerks and everything. And he's in that comic book men reality well, they, show. They own that story. He runs. Together, right? yeah. He runs Jane's Silent Bob Secret right, Stash right. in New Jersey. So I mean, Kevin Smith. He's a fun guy. I think he's cool. But uh, I don't know three horror movies. Yeah, well, I guess we'll see. I want Clerks 3. I don't want fucking yoga. Yeah. Well, yoga hosers. Fucking yoga. Anyway, sorry, yoga <laughs> yo- yogis or whatever. You're- and uh, the other the other news stories I have are all just related to Blu-ray releases that I'm looking forward to. Okay. Um, two of them actually come out in September, which actually one of them will come out a couple, three to four days after you, you're listening to this podcast when it goes live. It's uh, Toxic Avenger. Finally making its debut on Blu-ray. Wow. And uh, that's exciting. I'm hoping it's going to be widescreen because I know that Lloyd Ian doesn't, he doesn't really like widescreen that much. He's much prefers the full frame, especially in the Troma DVD releases. And I'm hoping it's the nice unrated director's cut. It probably will yeah. be. And I mean, but I'm looking forward to that. I have Class of Newcomb High and I have Mother's Day and I have Poultrygeist already on Blu-ray. So Troma, they, they don't put out many. But they're putting out some good stuff. Is Newcomb High white train? Newcomb High is. Oh, okay. So is Poultrygeist and Mother's Day. Oh, okay. Mother's Day looks pretty amazing, too. And uh, that one was partnered with Anchor Bay. Because oh, okay. I guess he didn't have the f- the funds to put it out himself or something. I'm not sure what the story is, but I'm looking forward to Toxic Avenger. I'm hoping they have a lot of special features on there. Yeah. Because Toxic Avenger is like one of my favorite cult movies of all time. I remember my... My grandmother, who lived in England, she uh, visited us when I was about, it was probably 1988, when I was 13, and uh, we went into Kmart, which we don't have in Canada anymore, surprisingly, and she, at the time I was into horror movies, I was a couple years into being into horror movies and everything, and she's like, we're at the VHS tape, she's like, pick out what you want, pick out three movies you want, what do I come back with, Evil Dead 2? Killer Clowns from Outer Space and Toxic Avenger. Nice. That's a good trio. And I was like over the moon, right? Wow. And and ever since then, Toxic Avenger has been my absolute favorite cult movie, I think. Yeah, it's I mean, pretty great. It's I got mean, so much good stuff in it. I never think about it when I'm thinking of like my favorites. I never think about it. Oh, really? But whenever I watch it, I love it. I always think Toxic Avenger because it's got so much awesome gore. Yeah. It's got lots of boobs. It's got how much for a kid on a bicycle. <laughs> it's got so much good stuff in it. And yeah. I'm glad to see it on Blu-ray because um, I don't know. I don't know how it'll look, but I'm very optimistic. Yeah. Um, and then the week after that, on the 23rd of September, we finally get that gigantic Scream Factory Halloween box set. Right. Which I'm excited about, but I'm not excited Are you gonna about. you going to buy it? I probably am. I just finished buying all the bloody well, so Blu-rays, did, so and then did, they announced that. So did I. I bought. I have the entire series except for the minus the Rob Zombie ones on Blu-ray because yeah. I don't like the Rob Zombie ones. Yeah. But um, I think the main reason I'm going to buy this box set is because it's got the 35th anniversary of Part One, which is the Dean Cundy approved. Yeah, and all transfer. the extras that it's got too. Like... And uh, also, it's got the d- producer's cut of. Part six. Right. And I'm very curious about yeah, that. Yeah, I've been curious about that since it's been making the rounds on the bootleg circuit and everything. And yeah. I don't really like buying bootlegs. I like to support the actual filmmakers in the studio, so I'm not really big on bootlegs, so that's why I never picked it up. 
That's good. So to see it get an official release is kind of cool. And the box set, actually, the deluxe version of that box set's only going for 120 Yeah, well... You're getting... Ten movies. If I hadn't just bought them, all, I'm really mad at myself because I should have known better. Well, but uh, you know. how could you know? It's like the rights were in so many different places. Yeah. For, for shout to, to be able to pull that all together is a friggin' feat. It's true, and uh, you know, I mean, I mean, I think it actually worked against me, well, or maybe for me, depending on how you look at it. Just having watched them all recently. I don't want the box. <laughs> like I'm fine with just. I actually I, the first one is awesome, but um, I'm, really, I yeah, I well, really, I mean, the first one's one of the. I best. like part. I like part two. Part two was yeah, it was okay because I like how it continued on. It was just more gore and tits. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like Leo Rossi. <laughs> I actually, I actually like four, five, four, five, six, seven. Yeah, I think they're okay. Resurrections but... kind of shit. Yeah, and I don't understand why people now think that season of the witch is the greatest thing since sliced bread yeah uh, it's that's got weird. this resurgence i don't get it but i haven't seen it in a long time myself so i don't know but uh i don't know i'll probably pick it up i think i'll probably pick it up yeah i'd be interested in watching uh, watching some of the documentaries well if i if, if i pick it up we'll watch the producers cut together part yeah, six because cool. yeah. i mean why not i'm curious we're about both that. curious about and it. i did like part six for what it's worth. i liked part six yeah. even the regular cut yeah, because I like the whole thing at the beginning when he was chasing down the Is girl that the one with Paul Rudd. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. When he was chasing her down, and then he ends up like pushing her on that threshing machine and everything. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, and they kind of tried to explain the man in black, but not really. Yeah. And then the other thing that we're both Josh and I are very excited about, and has just recently come to light, is. A little ditty called Raw Force. Raw Force finally is, coming out in a legit release. It's awesome, and I, you know, I'd actually just, I'd actually just posted on a message board. Um, funnily enough, yeah, you um, asked about it. I asked about it on the Code Red. There's a Code Red group on Facebook because uh, I knew that Code Red had. Well, they had, they were doing a commentary with the Edward. Wer- so was Edward Code Murphy. Red originally going to be releasing it then? Yeah, What's the oh, deal? I think so. I think I think Bill had the rights, and then they were doing a. A commentary with with um, the director, and um, and then nothing happened, and I hadn't heard anything for years. So then huh. I I put up a posting. I'm like, "What's up with Raw Force?" And then um, all of a sudden, next thing I know, someone well, someone mentioned that Vinegar Syndrome's releasing it, yep. and now next thing I know, it's there's all over like, the place. Yeah, there's Vinegar like screenshots, Sy- yeah. and now I noticed Vinegar Syndrome's updated their. Uh, Facebook thing with a release date now, October 7th. Yeah. And uh, it looks like they did a really good job restoring it. Yeah. Because it's it's a very, it's like (laughs) one of those movies that looks like it was edited with scissors. Yeah. Because it's just so outrageously all over the fucking place. Jim Wynorski was involved with the editing. I love Jim Wynorski. (laughs) But Raw Force, yeah. What a great fucking movie. It is a crazy movie. And it's, it's, I I have mixed feelings about this because it's, it's one of the last, like kind of hidden gems that I've known about. Yeah. Like real hidden gems that's never been released on. Well, there's property. Miami connection too. That was. Yeah. But this one. one has never been out on DVD or uh, Blu-ray. It wasn't out on VHS, was it? It was out on VHS. Oh, okay. I have a VHS copy. Oh, okay. Okay. But um, it's just, you know, no one really knows about it. And now it's sort of like one of those last little ones. Well, that's I... like without warning though. 
that yeah. Graydon Clark. That was never even no, out but on I'm VHS. Just from a personal standpoint. Oh, from like, a personal just standpoint. Just one of those ones that I could you wanted show to feel people. elite. I could show people. Well, I showed you it. You had no fucking idea. I, I knew what Raw Force was, and you were. But floored. I had never seen it, and then you're like, dude. Let's watch Raw Force. I'm like, I don't know. I'm always been hesitant about Raw Force because what if it doesn't live up to what I've heard about it all this time? He puts it in, and by the by, like the first 15 minutes, I'm like, this is fucking awesome. It's got everything. It's got zombies. It's got piranhas. Kung it's fu. Got kung fu. It's got a whorehouse. It's got Jules Shepard as a drunk party goer. It's got Camille Keaton as a drunk party goer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it is crazy. It's and got it's- that awesome fight in the graveyard. And that oh. awesome fight in the whorehouse. Fuck, I love that movie. It's fucking awesome. I man. cannot wait. Yeah. I want to see what the special features they're getting for it is. So. I don't know. I think there's a little documentary and the trailer. So I know. I don't think that <clears throat> they're not getting the commentary that uh, was done for Code Red. So what's the deal with that? Is Code Red not releasing at all? Or are they going to do the thing where they both I release? Com- Code Red has no plans right now. No. But I'm wondering. So if- I wonder how Vinegar Syndrome ended up with it. And- yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, I, I don't know. I don't want to hazard I, a guess, <clears throat> but um, maybe have, we can do uh, an interview with one of those guys. One maybe. Day. I have no, like, um, experience with Vinegar Syndrome's releases. Yeah. I've never actually bought one or seen one. I've heard good things about them, though. Like, I've heard their Punk Vacation right. Blu-ray I've heard was really good. Like, I heard the picture quality was good and, and the extras were good and all that. Um, I'm curious about that company because they're new and they're upstart. Yeah. And but I feel like they're putting out too much of that like softcore '70s porn shit kind of. Well, there's a market for that. Well, stuff. Well, there is, as, but as I was mean, evidenced when I picked up you, Jungle you Blue. You did buy Jungle Blue, <laughs> but I I encouraged you to buy Jungle well, Blue because you showed it a, to me, and then I looked at back and I saw the monkey. Like I think we've talked about this twice now, and I still haven't watched it. So you got to get on that and let the people know what Jungle Blue is all I about. Do. I do. I, the only thing of, with Vinegar Syndrome, I, I just find their covers look really shoddy. And well, I think it's on purpose. Yeah, so I'll have to check. They're it also out. Putting out graduation day on Blu-ray this yeah, month. Yeah, and that's got a ton of extras. And that stuff. was a trauma DVD release. Oh, was it? Yeah, and I've see haven't seen graduation day in a long time. I might have to might have to pick one of the the vinegar syndrome discs up just to check it out yeah. and see what's like. I'm definitely buying raw force. Yeah, me too. I mean, why not? Without question. And that's it for me. What do you got? Um, I'm just gonna go pretty quick here through some stuff. Um, I did see there was a, a trailer come out for. Uh, well, there's a couple of Sasquatch movies I'm pretty excited about. Really? So the trailer just came out recently for Exists, which What's is that? Eduardo Sanchez's Sasquatch movie. He's the guy that did Blair Witch. Oh, okay. One of the guys that did Blair Witch. Okay, yep. And um, that's Is coming... he the same guy who did Altered? Yes. Oh, okay. So anyway, it's a new Sasquatch movie that's coming out in October. Um, found footage, but... Um, there's it... already a found footage Sasquatch movie this year. Willow though. Creek by Bobcat yeah. Goldthwait. Yeah. Um, which again, that's the other one I wanted to mention that I'm excited about. I want to see Willow Creek so bad. They both look really good, but I just from you know I just think if if anyone's going to do a found footage movie, Eduardo Sanchez well, is probably one of the guys. I remember Willow Creek played at the Vancouver Film Festival out here when it did, and I missed it. Yeah, I, I missed it too. I it was, wanted to go and I missed it. It was crazy because, sold out. Because I, I think Bobcat's a really interesting filmmaker. Like he's a guy who started out doing like. And the yeah, police, academy police academy movies and everything and then he made like world's greatest dad yeah he made god bless america he made shakes the clown yeah he's made all these like fucked up black comedy kind yeah. of movies that are kind of awesome and it's just weird that he's he seems like he'd be a pretty cool guy and yeah I, I'm, I'm interested to see if he can 
do horror better than Kevin Smith did horror with Red State. Well, it's getting a lot of good press. I mean, I, I it's, it's interesting that there's two Sasquatch movies, and they're both out. found footage. Yeah, and I do like Sasquatch movies. I hate found footage. Well, I, I, I don't. Have mind you seen that friggin' as above down below that trailer for that no. thing? Oh no way! Oh yeah, I have. I have seen. No the way. The yeah. fr- French catacomb thing is an aw- awesome idea, but... Oh, yeah, it is French catacombs. Yeah. No one seems to be able to get it right, though, as is evidenced by catacombs. Oh, you loved it. Oh, I didn't. Um, that, what's that, pink? Pink, pink was and Shannon Sosa. Oh, yeah. terrible. Shannon okay. Sosa was cute, but okay, go not on. in that. I don't, I don't care about her. All right, so <laughs> um, I just wanted to mention those. I also wanted to mention, yeah, there's a couple other really good movies, or movies I'm looking forward to in October. Uh, one is Annabelle, which is, um, I believe, the prequel to The Conjuring. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued by that, but I feel like it should be a like a direct to Blu-ray movie. True, but uh, it's directed by John Leonetti, who's uh, done who is James Wan's DP for a number of his movies. So, yeah. um, curious to see how that. I'm intrigued turns out. by it because that was a creepy, pr- pretty creepy doll. Yeah, in the movie, like Conjuring, I was thinking about the Conjuring actually the other day, and how like for a big studio horror movie, it was so good, like so creepy and so old school. Like James Wan really hit it on that one. Like it felt like a seventies movie. It was great, and it, the production design was amazing. It actually was one of. It didn't really particularly scare me, but it was very effective the way it did the scares. I thought, yeah, it scared me. There was and, a few moments. And, uh, in that I, I feel like that was probably the best studio big studio horror movie in the last five years for sure yeah i mean i haven't seen what was his other ones dead silence insidious insidious was pretty good i didn't see part two yeah and dead silence actually is i liked dead silence quite a bit but i feel like annabelle's kind of like dead silence because dead silence was about like marionettes and stuff yeah i'm curious i'm I'm curious well i'll check it out i'll check it out probably on blu-ray i won't go to the theaters i don't think okay well, unless you want to go. We'll yeah, go. Yeah, I do want to go. Maybe we'll go. And then the other two that are coming out in October that I'm kind of looking forward to are Dead Snow 2. Um, what's the... What's the? Doesn't it have like a secondary title? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. And the other one I'm, I'm looking forward to is See No Evil 2. It's... Uh, oh, of course you are. I haven't seen See No Evil 1, <laughs> but um, I do. I am a fan of the Sasuke sisters because they're, they're from our hometown and yep. um i think they're pretty cool cool girls yeah so. I, I i really want to see um i still haven't seen american mary i'm i'm still i want to see it and i also want to see dead hooker in a trunk yeah they seem like really cool girls they really do and actually i met them at the um fan expo last year and they were so cool and i just um you know, just following them on Twitter and stuff. They just seem like such cool people. Well, and they're total big, huge wrestling fans, right? And they're big, So huge that's why I think See No Evil, Evil 2 will probably be better than the original. Because the original was directed by Gregory Hippolyte. Yeah. Who's yeah. like, what's his what's his name? Andrew Blake? Gregory Dark. Gregory Dark. He did all that porn and, and he everything. He did New Wave Hookers. And then, he, yeah. Yeah. And, and then he did all that, like, softcore stuff with Shannon Worry. Hey, yeah. here she comes again. And, uh, <laughs> you know... And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I'll probably watch the new evil too, because I think it'll be a fun romp. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, it's, it's only coming making, out on VOD. They're I, making I don't... an action movie too, right? What's that? Aren't they making an action movie yeah, too? Yeah. They just wrapped a, a prison movie. Starring, oh, I'll watch uh, that because I fucking love prison movies. Who the hell's in that? Oh, the big show, the wrestler, the big show. Oh, the big show yeah. in prison. Yeah. So oh. they've got there, they are tied in with WWE. No one's going to try and rape that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But they're really cool girls. And like I said, they are horror fans. And they're cute, so I mean, I just think, uh, yeah, they're they're really. Yeah, that's a prerequisite if you're cute. It's pretty easy to support these two. 
Um, and the only other thing I wanted to bring up, because I had no idea Subtitles about Subtitles Red vs. Dead for Dead Snow, by the way. Oh, nice. Red vs. Dead. I had no idea about this, but I just heard that there's a freaking remake to Point Break coming out. Yeah, I knew about Did it. Did you know this? I knew about it. I was shocked. And I, I knew about I it, but when's it. it coming out? It's coming out this year? It's coming out in 2015. Oh, okay. I don't even. I heard something about the casting, but I don't remember who it was. Uh, all I know is Edgar Ramirez, who was in a Deliver Us From Evil. He's playing Bodie. But I just think of any fucking movie that should not be remade. I mean, there's a lot of them. And I don't really care that much about remakes. I do come from a little bit of a... You know, I, I get a little upset, but I don't get as upset as a lot of fanboys because I'm just more like, well, if I don't want to see it, I'm not going to bother. And there's Point Break's always the original is going to be there. But um, it just seems really pointless. <laughs> I get it. I get it. <laughs> anyway, I just, yeah, I just, I saw that. I was really well, shocked. Well, it's because of, it's because of, how are they going to do it? Like, Point Break is just such a time capsule. It's so awesome. Exactly. Like, and and Point Break's responsible for that awesome joke in Hot Fuzz about shooting your gun in the air and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> That's totally a Point Break reference. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It uh, just seems weird. Who's directing it? Do you know? I don't know who's directing it. It hmm. just it's and then the guy who's playing Johnny Utah, I have never heard of, and uh, it just seems kind of. Are you sure it's not going to go straight to? Uh... No, it looks like it's coming out theatrically. Uh, anyway, we're at about 45 minutes, so we need to okay, get let's going go. with the topic. Let's go. Okay, so as we said in the beginning, we're saying, are you ready to rock? So our topic this week is rock and roll movies. And what we were thinking when we were doing rock and roll movies is it's not movies that feature, predominantly feature rock on the soundtrack or anything like that. It's actual movies that contain a rock and roll band or some form of musician in that sense of the word. Uh, the way we're going to do it is we'll go back and forth on the titles and we're going to briefly touch on documentaries near the end. Are you cool with that? Yep. Yeah. I mean, um, it's a very, very wide topic. Yeah. So we might not, we want to keep this to an hour and a half. So we've got 45 minutes to try and squeeze in as much goodness as we can. So I'll start off. I'd like to start off with a movie called Times Square. All right. Have you ever seen Times Square, Josh? I've seen Times Square. I used to have the Laserdisc. And oh, uh, Laserdisc. <laughs> old school. I saw it a while ago. I do have, I actually have the soundtrack as well. Yeah, the soundtrack's really good for soundtrack that. soundtrack is good, but I, um, I don't really remember it that well. Yeah, it's well. about um, Trini Alvaldero, Alvar Alvarero or whatever. She's uh, kind of a rich kid, and she gets put into like a mental ward with this uh, Robin Johnson who plays Nikki. She's like this uh, rebellious girl. And they end up becoming fast friends, and then uh, Nikki has this skill for writing music, she finds out. So they kind of start this rebellion movement in New York, and Tim Curry plays this DJ who like supports them and everything, and they become like big big stars kind of within new york in the 42nd street like kind of grindhousey area and all that and uh, it had a cool song called damn dog in it that she performed oh yeah i remember that yeah and then at the end they had this whole thing about they were called the trash sisters is what their fans were called and they went up on the marquee on 42nd street and played a live show and all the girls were decked out in their trash bags and it's like kind of fight the powery kind of shit and there's this creepy scene in it where the uh, trini was stripping Oh, and really? she's like 14 years old. It was kind of creepy. And uh, there was a lot of um, thinly veiled lesbianism themes yeah, in I, it. I do remember some Because Alan Metter, who directed it, he actually got fired 
I believe, from the movie because he wanted to make that stuff more predominant and the producers didn't. So he kind of got fired and they toned that stuff down a lot. Alan Moyle, right? Alan Moyle, not Alan Metter, right. sorry. He, he went on to do... He made Pump Up the Volume. And Empire Records. So he yeah. does have a... He, he has a music he likes background. Putting music, he has likes having music. Yeah, out. so I I really like Times Square. I know it's I think it's out of print to get on DVD right now, but I think you you guys should check that out if you like those kind of rebellious teen movies from the eighties. Plus, it's got a pretty killer soundtrack. Lots of punk rock, some yeah. Cars, yeah, and, new wave, new wavey, yeah, yeah. The original songs they make for it's really good. And and you know, anytime you can see Tim Curry, yeah, you know, everyone likes Tim Curry. Well, at least I do. No, I love Tim Curry, and uh, well, I mean he—I mean he had his moments. I mean, I don't well, Rocky always Horror. love Tim Curry, obviously. But um, he, um, yeah, it's one of those movies that really did strike a chord with me when I watched it. I remember really enjoying. Well, yeah, it. I saw it on. T- I remember I saw it on late night TV the first time I ever saw it when I was a kid, and I was like, "This is kind of cool. These chicks are kind of yeah, you know. they were really cool girls." Yeah, and um, I yeah, it's it's one of those ones. It's it's probably one of those like Anchor Bay DVDs. It is an Anchor Bay that's majorly going for, sought after now. It's probably going for a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, just like uh, Ruckus. Yeah, Ruckus, which I just watched. <laughs> and but... Nightmares. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, off topic. We're going. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was a great movie, and uh, yeah, like Chris said, highly recommended um, for for fans of like rock yeah. and roll cinema and just uh, and, and teenage rebellion. And pump up the volume is one of my favorite like nineties teenage movies too so yeah he's that alan moyle guy he he made a couple of decent movies before he made gun and betty lou's handbag <laughs> <laughs> i know i was looking at his filmography i'm like wait a second although gun and betty lou's handbag was kind of fun no i think he he had some he had he made some cool movies but uh he's canadian too so what happened anytime we have a canadian making some sweet rock and roll movies I feel like he was involved with the movie Permanent Record as well somehow. I'm I'm not sure about that. I have no that, idea. That was well, anyway. Is that, that the Keanu movie? Yeah, it's it's uh yeah it's it's a like River's Edgy. No, it's it's about suicide. Oh, okay. It's it's it really it was a big movie for me when I was when I was a teenager. Okay, well I have, and um, I've never seen it. Lou so. Reed's in it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I remember Keanu. They're 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 trying to like they're trying to find Lou Reed I believe in this oh, okay. and they find him in this music studio it's it's kind of an odd moment I might have to watch that it's a good, it's a good movie it's I mean it's a little cheesy now but um I might have to watch it yeah and it, but it's pretty heavy subject it's just VHS matter probably and, um no I think it's out on, on DVD now okay I'll yeah. seek that one out yeah it's not bad okay what do you got all right so I mean I'm gonna go with the obvious first here because the one I'm, that I didn't go first with probably <laughs> Spinal Tap oh yeah this is Spinal Tap oh 1984 Rob Reiner Big Bottom Big Bottom <laughs> I mean this is probably the quintessential rock and roll movie it is it's about well, for those of you who don't know it's who doesn't a, know Spinal Tap I'm sure there's people that don't know Spinal if Tap if you don't know Spinal Tap please go and buy it right now <laughs> anyway it's about a, it's a rockumentary it's a fictional it's fictional and it's about uh, a fictional heavy metal band called just, spinal tap yep yeah, and they're um basically they're they're a, they're a washed up british heavy metal band yeah and, and they're coming to america to try and re uh, reignite their careers and it goes horribly wrong yeah and they just happen to have marty de Berge, uh, who's a documentary filmmaker along for the ride, and he's played by Rob Reiner, who actually directed the movie. Yeah. And it's... Uh, what can you not say about Spinal it's Tap? It's just filled with It's qu- most moments. quotable rock and roll movie yeah. of all Quotes. the ones we're mentioning here. And um, 
yeah. So the band's played by um, Christopher, Christopher Guest, Guest um, who made Mike, Christopher Guest, who made. Um, he's gone on to make some very similar mockumentary kind of movies, like yeah. Best in Show and, yeah. and uh, Mighty Wind, Waiting for Guffman. Yeah, he's got to make another one. I love his movies. Yeah, he makes some great movies. And yeah, go on. Sorry. And Michael McKean, who yep. was on Saturday Night Live, and Laverne and, and Shirley. Love, yeah, was he Lenny or Squiggy? I think he was Lenny. Yeah, I think Squiggy. so. Yeah, oh, yeah he, was he was Lenny. He was Lenny. <laughs> and um, Harry Shearer. Yeah, who's who does a vo- who does voice work on The Simpsons? Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's great, um, and also in there is uh, as the sort of Yoko Ono character is June Chadwick from V. She was like the yeah. the hot blonde, and then from uh, v. a friend yeah. Fran Drescher was in it as like the record executive girl yeah. who gets all offended at them about their album cover because oh, she yeah. says it's so sexist because it's called it's called Smell the Glove, <laughs> and it's good. they're like, well, you're. Your cover, it's got a woman on all fours with a collar around her neck with a leather glove being pushed in her face and she's being forced to smell it. And that's really sexist. And the guys are like, what's so sexist about that? And like, It's just moments like that, right? It's just awesome. And I mean, so, I still quote it all the time. Me too. If you haven't seen Spinal Tap, go see it. I was actually quoting it at work the other day. I was like, well, what happened to... How did your? How did that drummer die? Well, he, he died from choking on vomit. It was someone else's vomit, but we don't know who's... But yeah. yeah, Spinal Tap, if you've never seen it, go spend the 10 bucks and buy it on Blu-ray. Yeah, it's so good. And uh, and the funny thing about Spinal Tap, too, is that they were a fake band. But they made some but pretty awesome tunes. awesome soundtrack. Like, yeah. that soundtrack's awesome. And even the album they did in the in the early 90s where they Break were like, like the Wind. Break Like the Wind. Yeah. It's got some pretty good songs. It's got, like, Bitch School, Bitch school and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Don't watch Return of Spinal Tap, which came out on video, though, in the 90s, because that I didn't like it. No, I didn't see it. Yeah, I didn't like it. But yeah. anyway, Spinal Tap is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, the next one I'm going to do is the one that I thought Josh was going to do is the obvious one, and it's Rock and Roll High School. Nice. Which is a Roger Corman 1979 movie, um, co-directed by Joe Dante, yeah. who, who did our my favorite Christmas movie, Gremlins. Yeah. And uh, it's got the Ramones. And Alan Arkish was the other. Director. Alan Arkish who did Hollywood Boulevard with. Uh, well, they both they both yeah, did they Hollywood both Boulevard together too, right? Yeah. And you love you love you some Hollywood Boulevard. And, uh, yeah, they were. This is our Arkish and Dante. Well, Dante's made some fr- freaking awesome movies, but this, didn't Arkish also do Death Sport? No. Uh, yeah, he was kind of involved. With he was it. a co-director yeah. or something. Yeah. But they they were both they were great. This is when they, these guys were like young and like and Corman was willing to give them like thirty grand to make a movie. Yeah, and I fucking love it. Yeah. It was awesome because Rock and Roll High School started out being called Disco Disco High because really? they were gonna totally do it as like a disco kind of movie, and then they were like, I think I don't know who it was was like, why don't we get the Ramones? The Ramones can be in this movie to be awesome, and they went and they got the Ramones. They gave them like barely any money to like. Apparently, they had to pay for their own hotel rooms when really? they were being filmed because wow. they were playing the concert scenes and everything. And uh, yeah, they uh, it's about PJ Souls is in it from Halloween and Stripes. Yeah. I love me some PJ Souls. Playing Riff Randall, and, and, one of the best And Carrie Sheezins. Yeah. But she's like this super hardcore Ramones fan yeah. and she wants to get him to come to the high school and play, but they've got this ball buster new principal played by mary warnoff who uh doesn't like rock music and doesn't like anything loud and they eventually get the ramones to come and raise hell and it all ends with the school blowing up and shit like (laughs) that i mean and if you like punk you like the ramones yeah and they perform all the great ramones hits in that movie yeah it's got clint howard which is ron howard's brother is like the guy who deals 
steals shit out of his van yeah. and everything. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's such a great movie. It's like one of the best Roger Corman movies, like that he did in that era in the well, 70s. Well, it really has that 70s Corman feel to yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's just a great drive-in flick oh, yeah. more than anything. And uh, yeah, I love Rock and Roll High School because I love the Ramones. Yeah. I love PJ Souls. I love Joe Dante. I love, uh, I love uh, Roger Corman. Yeah, and it's got some you know great scenes. I mean that scene in the gym where PJ singing Rock and yeah. Roll High School. I mean it's a classic scene in, in rock yeah. and roll movies. As is the scene where the Ramones are playing in her room. Yeah, and yeah. I think Dee Dee's like in the shower. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. And also, yeah, and, and do you remember that they made a freaking a sequel? Rock and Roll with High School Corey Forever Feldman, with Corey Feldman. Oh what a shit show I that was. I the worst VHS thing is somewhere. it's directed by Deborah Brock. Who's she? She is the one who made Sleep or Slumber Party Massacre 2. Oh, okay. So she took two awesome first movies and shit all over them. Because <laughs> I fucking hate Slumber Party Massacre 2. Isn't Even, it the one with the, the guy, guy of a rock and roll movie? Hey, baby, it? let's dance man, with this guitar oh, girl. Oh, shit, I'm glad you brought I mean, that up because I totally forgot about it's that. It's kind one. of a rock and roll movie because they are they are in a girl band. And he, he kills people with his okay, drill it's, guitar. It's shit, but it's fun shit. <laughs> but yeah, she's... Yeah, no. Deborah Brock, no. Like Rock and Roll <laughs> High School... Oh, I bought a double feature DVD of Rock and Roll High School and South Beach Academy. Two Corey Feldman winners. Wow. Yeah. Rock and Roll High School Forever is out on DVD? Yeah, and a double feature with South Beach Academy. Oh, my God. I guess I can get rid of my VHS tape. Why would you buy it? I don't know, because it was cheap, because <laughs> it was VHS, man. <laughs> but anyway, Rock and Roll High School. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> Great. Okay, well, moving on, I'm going uh, <laughs> to bring up one. Um, and uh, this is, again, one of my favorites, and it was actually shot here in Vancouver. And it's called, uh, ladies and gentlemen, The Fabulous oh, Stains. yes. So this was done in 1981 with uh, directed by Lou Adler, who had uh, previously given us, or maybe he actually, produced Up in Smoke. He directed Up in Smoke. Too. Did he direct yeah. it too? So Cheech yeah, he was Chong a music happened. producer originally, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he made Cheech and Chong's Up in Smoke, which is the only Cheech and Chong movie worth watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I've always maybe had a nice, soft maybe, spot for maybe the Corsican brothers, next, but <laughs> that's their worst. But it's got the idea of someone hitting you and hitting themselves and hurting you. (laughs) Well, whatever. Anyway, Anyway, back to the Fabulous States. So this is about a girl band that um, basically it's it's a it's three girls. What um, were they called? Were they called the Stains? The Fabulous Stains. Okay. Yeah. I've only seen the movie once. So. So, It's and they're played by Diane Lane. Yeah. Who's hot. Yep. And Laura Dern. Yep. Who's not uh, so hot. Marin Cantor and uh, who's never really gone on to do anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, they basically start a, f- a girl band, a girl kind of punk band. Yeah, but they're really talentless, aren't they? Uh, they yeah, they're not that good. But yeah. then, of course, they they achieve fame and it goes to their heads. And um, basically, they have a bunch of... Uh, it's another you- one of those rebellion things. All the yeah. teenage fans are like teenage rebellion. Yeah, that's why a lot like Times Square. It's kind of like, like Times Square. Yeah, their their followers are called skunks. Skunks, yeah, yeah, I believe, because they, they have the stripe, in, have their stripe in their hair. And Debbie Roshan actually plays Debbie one of Roshan, them, right? Yeah, I never saw her. Like you told me, oh, Debbie Roshan's in the movie, and I was kept an eye out for her, and I never saw her. I haven't. Yeah, I can't remember where she is, but but actually, very brief. that scene was for, filmed at Coquitlam Center, which is a. Uh, the, one of the major scenes. That's it's, about, it's, what, it's a, 15 minutes from my house? Tops. Yeah, it's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of the movie, you could actually recognize Vancouver landmarks, which is really cool. Yeah. 
But um, yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's 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 one of my favorite rock and roll movies. I didn't like it as much as you, but I've only seen it once. Yeah, and I've seen it a bunch of times. And I I I saw it when I was young. Like, yeah, when that, I, was, I think that makes a big difference. Probably when it came out. I remember I saw it on pay TV. Because I think that's the same thing with Times Square. I think I didn't like it as much as an adult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it also, you know, I mean, there's a couple of, like. The, the other thing with the fabulous scenes, they they had some really didn't cool they, cameos. Didn't they have in it. the Clash in there? Well, they have. There's a band. There's like a rival band yeah. to the to the. Wasn't Joe Strummer or someone? It's um. They're called the Looters, and yep. the singer is is played by Ray Winstone of all people. Oh, okay, okay. Who like is a you know kind of a British? He's a British character actor that's gone on to like he was in Sexy Beast yeah. and yeah. stuff like that. But you would he's unrecognizable as like the sort of like. They were you kind know, of a clash type band. Lippy singer of this yeah, of this punk rock band called right. uh the Looters. And and yeah, his backing band was Paul Simonon from The Clash, the bass player from The Clash, yep. and then Steve Jones and Paul Cook from the Sex Pistols. That's so pretty like awesome. this pretty awesome band. And then there was this like sort of over the hill metal band called the Metal Corpses, and they were fronted by Fee Waybill from the Tubes. <laughs> really? So yeah, it was like this great like music all these musicians in this movie and um yeah it's just it's really well done it's got a good soundtrack and um yeah one of you, my you've one convinced of my me now that i should watch this again yeah and it's got a really nice dvd of it out right now and yeah it's rhino is it rhino yeah, yeah. i just i really love the cover art they have on there it's just diane lane and a black and white photo and Man, uh, diane lane got hot in the 80s well diane lane I, if you don't mind i'm just going to go on to another movie that diane lane okay was in go for it is also a, another kind another of rock, rock movie she classic. was in yeah streets of fire oh yeah <laughs> walter yeah. motherfucking hill walter hill 1984 um so starring michael Pare. Diane Lane and Willem Dafoe. Rick Moranis. Yeah, and uh, so anyway, Diane Lane plays. I a, love Streets of Fire. Yeah, she plays a rock singer called, uh, which is funny that she did play two rock singers within mm-hmm. three years, um, called Ellen Aim and um, basically. Yeah, wasn't wasn't the yeah I remember Str- Streets of Fire was supposed to be set up as like a fifties amalgamation yeah. with like eighties kind of right. So Diane Lane, she was wore like. She always dressed like she was a 50s Sean Toos yeah, kind of. Yeah, band dressed like 50s, but yeah. they played shitty 80s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like the music's kind of shitty now, but it still has a cool look to it. And uh, and um, It's Walter Hill. It's Walter Hill. I mean, it, it has become kind of a cult classic. It is a cult classic, and, and we'll go back to Albert Pune again, because yeah. he just directed a sequel. Really? That came out recently for two streets of fire wow i never do that i'm gonna look it up and see what it's called but yeah streets of fire i was actually talking to my girlfriend about streets of fire she's never seen it i'm trying to convince her to watch it because it's awesome but um apparently that movie she has a co-worker who is japanese and apparently streets of fire was a massive fucking movie in japan oh i can see it like, i mean it's just weird it kind of i believe it kind of bombed in 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 uh in north america I remember one thing I really remember about Streets of Fire is I remember going on the Universal Studios tour, like the studio tour back in the uh, back in the early eighties. Yeah. Um, and we went we went on the little tram and it took us through a soundstage and it was the actual set from Streets of Fire. Really, and I remember it being really dark and. Had I known what I know now, I would have been in heaven being in that set. But really, yeah, it was pretty cool. Pretty oh, cool that I got Streets to see that. Streets of Fire is so good. Yeah, it's a good movie, and uh, Willem Dafoe playing a really creepy villain, and uh, Michael Pare kind of at his. You at know, his I, peak. Re- I honestly didn't 
for some reason, Streets of Fire didn't cross my mind as a rock and roll movie, and it, it totally is. It totally is. And I don't know why. I, I, wow. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. I'm super glad you brought that up because that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Little flick. And then even with, with and then even leading into another movie that yeah. uh, Michael Parry was in. Don't worry, you could do a few after me. <laughs> but um, just okay. I, I'm just going to briefly mention this one, just because I do again. I do remember this one from when I was young. But Eddie and the Cruisers is yeah, another Eddie rock and, and roll the movie. Cruisers. Now and... it's more like a kind of biopic, but it's a fake biopic. So yeah. that's why I'm I'm including it. Yeah, I remember there's a sequel to Eddie and the Cruisers too. Yeah, Eddie and Eddie the Cruisers too. Cruisy <laughs> Eddie lives. Yeah, where they thought he died, and is is Michael Parry in both? Mike, I believe Michael Parry's in both. And uh, yeah, so the first one's directed by Martin Davidson, who did Lords of Flatbush. Yeah. So I mean, you can see where Eddie, where you know, he he's got that kind of vibe. I remember down. liking Eddie and the Cruisers, but I haven't seen it since I it came out. I remember liking it too. I don't remember it. I just remember the song. On the dark side. On the dark side. Yeah. But, I mean, oh, yeah. But Harry was, he was such a cool dude at that time. And I don't know what happened to him. He just fell into erotic he, thrillers. And, and he was in Uwe Ball movies a lot. Yeah, shitty action movies. And um, it's too bad. He got, the guy should have been a big star. So but this, he wasn't a very good actor. No. So the sequel that Albert Pune made to Streets of Fire is called Road to Hell. Wow. And, and it came out in two, 2012. And it's got Michael Parry in it. Wow. Is yeah. Diane Lane in it too? Uh, no. But it's got Michael Parry. It's actually got an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb from 672 votes. Wow. Which is kind of weird. <laughs> I bet you that's more than Streets of Fire. Probably. All right. So, Christy, do you want to bring up another one? I don't know. Are you going to let me? Yeah, man. Okay. Well, I want to kind of talk about one that I know Josh hasn't seen that I really love. It's called Tape Heads. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm, see, I missed it's, that one. It's from 1988. It stars John Cusack and uh, Tom Robbins. It's directed by Bill Fishman, who did a bunch of music videos back in the day. He also did the atrocity that is Car 54, Where Are You, with David Johansson. <laughs> but we'll forgive him because Tapeheads makes up for that tenfold. Um, produced by Michael Nesmith oh, from, from The Monkeys. Monkeys. Yeah. yeah. And uh, basically what it's about is these two childhood friends who decide that they want to become music video directors. So they head to Los Angeles and they start making these music videos. And they also at the same time want to get together these, uh, this band they liked in the, when they were kids called the swanky modes, which is played by Sam and Dave. Do you remember Sam and Dave? Like the musicians? Like soul man. Yeah. Like soul right. man. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's about them getting a career, making music videos, and trying to reunite the swanky modes. It's just the reason I love Tapeheads is because it's got lots of like obscure references in it. It's got like lots of cameos. It's got Ted Nugent, Weird Al Yankovic, guys like that making wow. little cameos in it. And the music videos are awesome that they stage because they make, they do a music video. They're supposed to be making a music video for like this Norwegian like new wave band and like it's the music video is just basically them pouring paint over them and blowing feathers in them and everything but the song they're playing over top of it is baby doll by devo oh wow. which is awesome and then they have this like metal band called mx uh it's the song's called mx 47 it's about like dropping bombs and killing everyone and everything and they get famous from that because the singer dies or something. Oh, but wow. it's a it's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. It's very obscure. It's got King Cotton. You know King Cotton? No. Um he was like uh he's in punk bands, I believe. He does this they do this commercial for uh uh 
Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Oh, okay. Which is a which is like a chain of chicken and waffle yeah, restaurants yeah. in Los Angeles. And uh, they do a music video for that, and it's really, really sweet music video. Ever since Tape Heads, I've wanted to go to Los Angeles. I know. I remember when I go first in, mentioned go we should go to LA. Go in front of yeah. chicken, Roscoe's Chicken Waffles, hold up my Tape Heads DVD and get yeah. a picture taken because nice. I'm that much of a nerd. That is nerdy. And um, yeah, I think Tape Heads is probably the most fun rock and roll movie for me from the 80s that no one's seen. So oh, I cool. think people should totally check that one out. Yeah. Especially if you like music videos and you like to have fun. Yeah. Because it's totally cool. And it's probably the least known John Cusack movie from the 80s for sure. Yeah. That's kind of when he was in his peak too, right? Yeah. It was like the 88. It was after One Crazy Summer and yeah. it was after Better Off Dead and all that. So it's like weird. And, and it also has Tim Robbins in it. Wow. So speaking of Tim Robbins, let's move on to the next one. Since you said I could have more than one, yeah. we're going to do a little ditty called Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Oh, I thought you might bring this Wait, one up. Oh, I love, I love Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. Tim Robbins is in it in a little role as this creepy stalker type. He's pretty hilarious in it. But Tenacious D's Jack Black and Kyle Gass. And they started out kind of like as a comedy band. They had an HBO series and everything. They do all these cool songs well cool to me like about fuck her gently and like you know (laughs) rock your socks off and all this stuff and they decided to make a movie where it goes over the history of tenacious d how they were formed they become friends and like there's there's cameos by dio and like meatloaf and guys like that in it and it's directed by liam lynch who um he directed uh stiffle and ollie which is like this puppet show that was on mtv but he also did that saw that novelty hit in the 2000s uh, United States of whatever. You remember that song? No. This is my United States of whatever. <laughs> okay, yeah, that does ring a bell. But uh, yeah, it's. I like it. A lot of people didn't. But I like Tenacious D, so that's why I liked it. And it's it's got a lot of rock and roll references in it. At the end, they fight the devil, who's played by Dave Grohl. Really? <laughs> and it's pretty awesome. So those are my two. Right on. What do you got now? All right. Um, well, the next one, I'm going to bring up another Canadian movie. Oh, we, um, well, might as well. Keep it, keeping our content up there, buddy. Which, again, is another one of my all-time favorite movies. When this movie came out, I actually saw it four times in a week. What? In the theater, yeah. Seriously? In the theater. Wow. Yeah, so it's called Hardcore Logo. Oh, yeah, I like that movie, yes. Made in 1996 by... I've never seen a movie four times in, in the theater. I, yeah, I just kept going. I just wow. loved it so much. I loved the music. I loved the story i loved everything about it yeah i like that what's that song who the hell you think you are yeah 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 Yeah, there's a lot of great songs yeah um and And it's uh, directed by bruce mcdonald who's like a canadian treasure yeah he's well yeah he after cronenberg he's like the canadian treasure and adam agan yeah but bruce mcdonald was on a kind of a roll when hardcore Mm -hmm. logo came out he had just he had made two other movies that were real they had a real rock and roll kind of vibe to them and you know i guess they could call what, what ones roadkill roadkill and yeah uh... and highway 61 oh, okay which is another did, one of my favorites did he do dance me outside in between that two? was after that was or, after wait a... i can't remember whether that was after or before okay. hardcore logo okay but um but yeah the those two were like highway 61 i love yeah had a, had a real rock and roll vibe as well because um the lead girl was um i believe i think she was a roadie and um she was anyway the whole thing just bruce mcdonald at the beginning of his career he was very eccentric there was a lot of rock involved and like he had cameos by different musicians yeah, he was like eccentric. his Afrits movies were and, like kind of dark comedy eccentric dark comedy weird yeah. with, with great soundtracks 
Jello Biafras and Highway 61. Yep. Uh, yep. Nasha Slash did a bunch of the oh, Nasha did Slash. a bunch of the music for Roadkill, and then a hardcore logo starred the singer of a of a Canadian band called the Headstones. Yep. Hugh Dillon. Um, Hugh Dillon. He played a character named Joe Dick. And um, yeah, Hugh Dillon. He's been in some TV shows too. He was in Durham County, Durham County, and Flashpoint, and so Flashpoint, which again, are, they're Canadian shows. A U.S. So. listener, sorry, but you yeah. might want to you might want to research it. But Headstones, pretty good shows. Headstones though, actually. are actually a pretty good band too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a kind of mainstream like a Canadian rock, like band. rock yeah. radio band, they were kind of good. Yeah, and then he had a and then the another. So basically, Joe Dick's trying to get his old band together. This is mm-hmm. a very familiar theme in rock movies. It's another punk rock movie too. Yeah, and uh, he tries to get his old band together for one last tour, and it's just uh, it's very well done. Um, his sort of you know songwriting partner named Billy Talent is pay- played by a an actor named Callum Keith Rennie, who's another great Canadian actor. So don't be scared by the fact that this is Canadian because it's a great punk rock. We make some pretty good movies up movie. here. Yeah. And it just shows this guy, and it's this punker trying to like hold on to um, you know his kind of heyday, and yeah. uh, he's still but got he's the got attitude. lots of mental problems. And yeah, yeah. But it's, I remember, uh, I remember being depressed when that movie ended. Yeah, because it ends on a really fucking downer. Yeah, it's but it's it's a it's effective. It's a, it's a good movie. The book's good too by yeah. Michael Turner. Yeah, I've, I've read the book as well. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's a great one. It actually, you know, I mean. For all rock and roll movies, this might be my number one pick. Really? Yeah, because I love this movie. So it's unfortunate though that they did, didn't they make a sequel a couple of years ago that wasn't that good. They did. I've never saw it. Yeah. It's about a female musician, but um, and another thing they did, they there was two soundtracks to this movie. Oh, really? One was by the actual like it was the actual music from the movie. Yeah. But then the the more mass marketed one by was inspired oh, by Jesus, and I it was all these kind of like questionable Canadian bands doing the songs and like triumph. Um, what like triumph not no not like triumph it was more <laughs> like those kind of indie-ish bands oh, from okay the, okay okay from the early 90s they were they did there was a song called blue tattoo on the soundtrack that on that soundtrack that, that was pretty well done but um yeah it's it's um anyway get the original soundtrack. my, my favorite song still who the hell you think you are yeah which is a great song it's a pretty great song. and um it's funny though there is a Canadian band that got kind of popular. I don't know how big if they got big in the states called Billy Talent. Yeah, I don't they know t- if they got big. They, in the states. they took their name. They're still around. They yeah. took their name from that movie too. So that's kind of a oh, a little they? bit. Oh, of, I never knew that. A little bit of silly trivia for you. Yeah, actually, another it. thing was uh, this band I used to be friends with back back in the day um, called Mushroom Trail. Um, I've heard of them. Yeah, we used to like. I used to be really good friends with those guys and. Uh, so they had this big van that um, they used to transport their gear around and to go to gigs and stuff. And that their van is actually the van really? used in Hardcore That's Logo, pretty awesome. which is pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. Hard. <laughs> I think the movie that Bruce McDonald, like, I think the movie that most people who listen to this podcast might know him for is Pontypool. Pontypool, yeah. Which is like his 2009 horror movie. Yeah. Which some of you guys out there who like more obscure horror movies probably know that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so speaking of horror movies, I'm, why don't we hit a couple of horror 
heavy metal rock movies because there was there's an awful lot of them to cover and we probably only have like what half an hour 20 minutes left here we were at an hour and 15 minutes so we got 15 minutes we, we might have so a little over on this one but. okay well we can go over a little bit let's plow through some heavy metal horror here like the one that i watched a couple days ago called rocktober blood nice i had not seen this movie um I remember picking up the video box when I was a kid, seeing the guy in the skull mask with like the the knife with the chick slung over his shoulder and the title Rocktober Blood. I'm like, oh, this is going to be fucking hardcore. (laughs) But then I never rented it. And uh, as build up towards this episode, I was like, I'm going to watch me some Rocktober Blood and see what this is all about. And unfortunately, it was not very good. No. First 10 minutes, epic. Last 10 minutes, epic. Everything in between, kind of shit. Directed by the Sebastian. Ferd and Beverly Beverly Sebastian, who made Gator Bait. Yeah. And Gator Bait 2 and a bunch of other. They made a a women's wrestling movie called American Angels, which I'm curious about. And uh, it's basically about this heavy metal singer who, for some unknown reason at the beginning, goes on a killing spree. And he kills like a bunch of people. He leaves his ex girlfriend, her his girlfriend, alive. And then it flash forwards to two two years later, and we've learned that he it cuts away like abruptly, and then we learn he's been executed. But she, but she's still getting harassed by him because he's undead or back from the grave or whatever. And uh, at the end, there's this big rock show where everyone gets killed and everything. And it's, I don't know, it's crap. <laughs> it's just crap. Um, if you want to know more about more about it, you can read the review on site because I cannot be as... Uh, you'll learn more from reading the review because really it, it wasn't that great. And I was expecting a lot more from it with that title yeah. and with that box art. I was like, oh, Rocktober Blood. I've been waiting to watch you for so many years. And then yeah. I watch it and I'm disappointed. It's got a great box. And uh, another one well, is... Sorry. No, go ahead. Black Roses. You're right. 1988, directed by John Fasano, who recently passed away, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, that's another Canadian shot heavy metal horror movie. Um, I remember the VHS box in the day had one of those boxes that was kind of raised up. Yeah. That you could feel the texture. Yeah, totally and remember that. It was about a metal band who come to town and all the adults disapprove of them. And they turn out to be demons who are out to suck the souls of all the children <laughs> and everything. And I just remember one guy gets killed by being sucked into his wall, his big giant wall speaker and everything. Nice. And it's a lot of fun, that movie. Right. Like, I really dug that one. I haven't seen it in a while, but I think that if you're looking for a heavy metal movie, that, like a horror movie that's a good one yeah and i'll hit one more and then we'll pass them over to horror horror metal for you because i know you've probably got a couple horror metal yeah horror metal um trick or treat yeah you can't really pass by yeah. trick or treat 1986 sammy kerr as i like to call it sammy kerr versus skippy from family ties <laughs> um it's about a, a heavy metal head called uh i don't remember what his name is in the movie but it's uh Mark Price, who played Skippy on Family Ties, he uh, he's this he's really into Sammy Kerr and his bands. And Sammy Kerr dies. He gets this really rare record of Sammy Kerr's, and he decides to play it backwards because you know <laughs> when you play records backwards, that shit shit goes down always. No matter where you are, you play a record backwards, you're fucked. Oh, but he's playing it backwards. You remember those days where yeah. people actually thought yeah. that shit? Well, that's all from that whole friggin' PMRC, PMRC crap, yeah. right? But he's playing it backwards, and uh, it resurrects Sammy Kerr. 
<laughs> and, and Sammy Kerr decides to go on this like spree to yeah. try and get back to life. There's like some demon effects in it, like a monster like molesting his girlfriend who's got naked in the backseat of the car. And it's like, there's got a prom scene at the end. That's kind of like Carrie only with metal and dancing and guitars <laughs> and fucking guitars shooting electricity <laughs> out the end and shit. And it's also got like cameos by Ozzy Osbourne playing a preacher who says heavy metals disgusting. <laughs> Right. And Gene Simmons has a pretty big role in it too as a radio DJ. Yeah, yeah, I remember and that. It's no Gene Simmons in Never Too Young to Die or Runaway, <laughs> but it's pretty awesome. I love Trick or Treat. I wish it would get a proper release. Um if, it hasn't got a proper release. No, it's got it's out on DVD in full frame from like one of those cheap companies. Oh, okay. I really wish a company like Scream would pick it up yeah. and put it and give it. It got a pretty good German Blu-ray release I heard. Oh, okay. But I mean, that's a movie that I'd love to actually own. Widescreen. I'm surprised that movie never got franchised. I mean, that character was Sammy Kerr so was memorable. He's pretty I mean, awesome. I think he's. I think he died. I think the actor's dead. Yeah, with his like mesh tops and his he like was awesome. His, yeah, like ring. He had one of those. He had those pre-skid row things with the. Didn't he have the chain going from his nose to oh, his ear? I, I think he might have. Yeah. yeah, like the guy from Skid Row back God, in I haven't the day. Seen that a lot. Oh, time. I love Trick or Treat. Yeah, that's a. Good what do you movie. got for for? Uh, for horror ones? Horror ones, yeah. Yeah, I got a whole list here. I, I'm not going to go through them all. Well, I might mention a bunch. I'm going to mention a bunch of them, but I'm not going to go into a lot of detail. Um, so, I mean, speaking of John Fasano, the guy who did uh, directed Black Roses, yep. he also did Rock and Roll Nightmare. Yes, he which did. Which is uh, starring Thor, who's a Canadian Thor. Kind of rock legend. John Michael Thor. And who bends steel with his, or bends steel bars with his teeth which, and stuff. Of course he is. He's a fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he stars as a as a uh, rock singer named John Triton, and um, he basically brings his band to this farmhouse to mm. um, to record their new album. And they um, and the, yeah, possession ensues. Yeah. It's like and, Evil uh, Dead with metal it, and sock puppets. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Have you never seen Rock? No, Lander? I want to. So it's terrible, but it's f- terribly awesome. Like <laughs> it's one of those ones where you, yeah, it's. It is. It's a truly so bad. It's good movie. Like it's. Just, and they made a sequel. It really is sock puppets and um, and it, Thor. So, they made I mean, a sequel too, right? On. The sequel is called Intercessor. So Rock and Roll Nightmare came out in 1987. Intercessor came out in 2005. And finally, I actually back when I was like working on movies. Um, the film collective I was involved with actually had a meeting with Thor about doing a sequel to Rock really? and Roll Nightmare. It probably would have turned out better and than Intercessor. After yeah, after finding out what what happened with Intercessor, I'm kind of like, fuck, why didn't we do that? But that'd be awesome to have your name on fucking Rock and Roll Nightmare. It too. really would have been. I really wish we had pursued that a little further. Oh, that would have been awesome. But we didn't, and uh, it didn't really pan out. Oh, way to go! So, um, a couple of other ones I want to mention. Just from my memories of of uh, box art and stuff, um, I haven't seen a few of these, but I do remember them quite clearly. The looking at them in the video store. So one was Terror on Tour. Yeah, I've seen that. Directed by Don Edmonds, who did uh, Ilsa. This was nineteen eighty. Yeah, it's a band called the Clowns. Yeah, who yeah, kill people, killing prostitutes. Are they something like that? It's pretty sleazy, from what yeah, I remember. Yeah, it sounded sleazy. I haven't seen it since like the VHS days, so I can't really comment too yeah, much. Yeah, and on, on the it. cover of the box, it was like these. Clown, clowns playing guitars. Yeah, what clown. more do you need? <laughs> it's a pretty great box art. Um, in the, there's a few more. Um, 
Rocktober, or sorry, um, not Rocktober, but already talked about Rocktober. Hard Rock Zombies is another one. Um, Only thing I remember about Hard Rock Zombies is the theme song. Hard Rock <laughs> Zombies. Hard Rock Zombies. Yeah, I don't have a lot to say about Hard Rock Zombies. No, Slaughterhouse Rock is another one uh, where Tony Basil plays a singer and yeah. um, Devo does a soundtrack. Yeah. And don't again, don't remember a lot about really that a, one. Is that a, I don't know if that's a rock and roll movie, though. Well, it's got a singer. Okay, well, right. It's about a, it's about a rock. It's another scene. one I have not seen since the glory days of VHS. Yeah. Um, also, wanted to mention. Um, now, this is sort of some people may love them, some people may hate them, but the punk rock Holocaust movies, um, which is basically about a uh, killer going on on a killing spree, uh, the Vans Warped tour, which is a tour for kind of considering like, some of the bands that play pop, Vans Warped bands. tour. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I've only seen the first one, so they're all directed by Doug Sackman, who, who was involved trauma. with Trauma, yeah. and um, he also has done some kind of weird. Horror themed pornos, the XX Exorcist. Didn't he do that? Uh, and Repenetrator. Repenetrator. <laughs> um, both starring, uh, I think, Joanna Angel. But um, yeah, like in the first one, it's uh, it was done in 2004, and like you see, like the members of Face to Face and Pennywise and the horror pops and Tsunami Bomb all getting murdered in different ways. But hmm. you know, it, it's got, sounds kind of shitty. It's well, it's kind of shitty because he's trying to do too much. Oh, he's, okay. He's got so many kills that it's just quality over quantity over quality. Oh, okay. Basically, is what happened. So he did a sequel in 2008, and apparently there's another sequel coming out this year. Awesome. And the other one, rock and roll ones I wanted to mention were um, the Killer Barbies movies because um, these were done by Jess Franco. Um, one was done in 1996 and one was done in 2002. So that's basically when Jess Franco was fully into his decline. He was in a shot on video phase. Yeah. And um, it's about his band called his Killer Barbies. I've only seen the first one. And it's basically his band. They're on tour and they their van breaks down or something and they end up at this farmhouse and then, you know... You know they're being chased around and stuff. They're kind of cute for what they are. Um, the singer of the band, the, is her name Sylvia Superstar. Yeah, she's nice to look at, but uh, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't mind them. And for just, a really low budget, Jess Franco sucked in the nineties. He did. But for low budget horror movies and for Jess Franco, these were actually Come the on, first one anyway. Wasn't Lust bad. for Frankenstein and, Lust and for Tender Frankenstein Flesh. Was terrible. These weren't. These weren't. He wasn't being sleazy in these ones. These oh, were just, okay. It was more okay. like a fun kind of slasher movie. Oh, okay, well, and then the sequel, Killer Barbies versus Dracula, I haven't seen. It's got a pretty good title. They do. I remember that. I mean, the one thing I remember about the first Killer Barbies is they do a cover of uh, Downtown, the Petula Clark song. And uh, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's it's, it's I, all right. It's I haven't right. seen it. Um, I have one more before I'm done with my list that I prepared here. Okay. And it's a movie called Rock and Rule. And it's right. an, another Canadian movie. Right. Difference between difference between all the other ones you've mentioned is that it's an actual animated yeah. um, rock and roll movie. Because it, it's from 1983. Uh, it's by a studio called Nelvana Animation, who, were, who are a big studio out here in Canada. They did a lot of the commercialized kind of animation stuff. And the thing about Rock and, rock and Rule is it's about this band... Who's kind of like they're all these odd kind of animals. It's set in this future post-apocalyptic dystopian kind of thing, and uh, they have this really hot kind of possumy-looking girl singer or whatever. And most of her songs are done by Blondie. Okay. And um, 
there's this bad guy called Mock. And he's like, he wants to, he, he kidnaps their singer because he wants to use her to sacrifice her to unleash demons and all this stuff. And all of the mock songs are actually done by Lou Reed. Oh, cool. He's got this song called My Name is Mock. Thanks a lot. And it's like a really cool song. Um, and it's, it's just cool because it's like an animated movie. It's very creative. It's very out there. Um, they had a lot of awesome bands on the soundtrack, lots of Iggy Pop, lots of Cheap Trick, lots of like, you know, Blondie, like I said, Lou Reed, a soundtrack rivaling heavy metal. For yeah, I was sure. actually going to bring up heavy yeah, metal. Like, yeah, like rivals heavy metal nice. for a soundtrack. Um, and it's hard to find because it was put out by Unearth on Blu-ray and it's hard to find. I got it for a good smoking deal when it first came out. Yeah, I remember but you it's, got that. It's yeah. a really great movie. Any movie that has a line in it that says, where Mock says evil spelled backwards is live and we all want to do that, don't we? Nice. This is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, that's the last rock and roll movie I wrote down. Do you have anything else you want to touch on before we think about wrapping this thing up here? Oh, yes, I do. Okay, bring it. But yeah, just brief touch on heavy metal. I mean, uh, it's got one of the yeah quintessential soundtracks for rock movies. Another animated movie. Um, the I'm biggest not... thing I remember is a segment called B-19, which yeah. scared the shit out of me when is, I was a kid. That's the one with the fighter pilot. Fighter pilots. And actually, it was... Uh, it was actually directed by, um, oh my god, it was directed by Dan O'Bannon. Really? Who knew? Huh. Yeah. So yeah, great soundtrack. Feeling, you know, Sammy Hagar, Nazareth, Journey, Cheap Trick, Grand Funk, Black Sabbath. Yeah, pretty awesome. That's the main thing about heavy metal is the yeah. soundtrack. It's a great. Film. I don't really think the movie's that great particularly, but the soundtrack definitely is. Yeah. Um. So uh, yeah, a couple more I want to bring up. Um, just sort of on the heels of Rocktober Blood that Chris mentioned earlier, the band in Rocktober Blood is called Sorcery. Oh, I mentioned them in the review for and sure. And it's actually the same band that's in a movie called Stunt Rock. Oh, really? Which is this crazy Australian... Well, it's, it's directed by an Australian named Brian Trenchard-Smith. Yes, we mentioned him... Yeah, we've talked about him before. Couple ep- I think first episode we talked about him yeah. a little bit. But um, yeah, we talked about Stunt Rock too. Yeah. Yeah, he's anyway. a stunt rocker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so stunt rock, it's just this crazy mix of it's about the stunt man that comes to LA, and um, so it's, it's basically almost like a a documentary. It's just sort of about his life and him smoothing on these girls and stuff. But his cousin is in this band called Sorcery, that is this metal band that like um, basically rocks out on stage. And incorporates magic into their I like, illusions. See, I want to their... see Stunt Rock. <laughs> it's pretty Because Sorcery crazy. plays themselves in Rocktober Blood, too. Yeah, I know. Except the singer's different. I yeah, think. the singer's different. Because the singer's the actor that's the killer or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, in Stunt Rock, yeah, there's just these kind of really cheesy metal songs. And then this like magician guy and this devil guy running around on stage doing like illusions like David Copperfield. <laughs> so it's crazy. And then inter- intercut with that is this Grant Page guy doing all these crazy stunts. Like he's jumping off cliffs and doing all these car stunts. So it's basically just this just barrage of Sold. heavy metal. Sold. And then stunts. Sold. And then heavy metal and then stunts. Sold. No fucking plot. It's just don't care. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> So Stunt Rock's a pretty great rock and roll movie. Um, also wanted to... This is a little bit more mainstream, but I do want to bring it up because not a lot of people know about this flick. Um, and it's called Velvet Goldmine. It's from 1998, directed by Todd Haynes, 
who went on to do he's done a lot of stuff and uh including i'm not there which is a bob dylan theme movie but it's um basically telling the story of um christian bales in it and he plays this reporter and he's basically covering the rise it's early of, christian uh, bale isn't it then it's early christian yeah. bale and he's covering the rise of this um this uh sort of glam rock singer who's clearly david bowie based on david bowie right. he's played by jonathan reese myers and then um, there's also a character that's clearly based on Iggy Pop. Um, and it's a really great movie as well. It's got a great, again, a great kind of glam rock soundtrack. And um, I'd really recommend that if you're a fan of, of yeah, bands I have, like I Bowie. I have seen it. Yeah, if you're a fan of Bowie at all. Um, Which I am. Yeah, I, I'd highly recommend that one. Um, I also want to bring up Purple Rain just because um, it's one of my favorite movies when I was younger. Um, starring Prince. Whoa, 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 whoa. I ba- love Purple Rain. Back it up. Fuck off. I love Purple ba- Rain. No, back it up. Have you seen Purple Rain lately? No. Awesome soundtrack. Terrible movie. But Apollonia gets naked, so... Okay, okay. You have a point. And Morris Day is pretty hilarious. Morris Day is awesome in As everything. Is Jerome, his, right. his sidekick. Now, Jerome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, oh, we, oh. Anyway. Exactly. So, I don't know. I mean... Even just for the music pieces in that. You like that purple motorbike. I Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe it doesn't hold up. I'm not sure. No, it but doesn't. But still, a lot of the movie is is Prince on stage. And I think the core of the story, I think, I think has got to hold up a little bit. Um, but, I mean, the times in it, I, I just... It's, it was, the, it's the best Prince album. Yeah. And it was a movie I really loved as a kid. Yeah. So, I, I couldn't do this, do this podcast without mentioning it. Okay. Um... Do you want me to keep going? I well, we're running out of time. I don't want to run out of time. There's so many movies to mention here. Um, yeah, there's a lot of rock and roll movies that so we... I almost wish we could do a part two. I'm just trying to figure out if there's any more big ones that I, I want. Well, while to... you're looking through your list, can I bring up... Docu- oh, I know one. Oh, go ahead. Um, I do want to bring up Detroit Rock City because that's another movie oh, I yeah. really, really like. Because <laughs> um, that's Eddie kids. Furlong. Yeah, and Eddie Furlong stars um, as a... Well, there's basically a group of four Kiss fans. Yeah. And I, I can't remember what they're trying to do. I think they're just trying they to, want to go to a Kiss, Kiss concert. concert. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a, a crazy. Like, it's a fun little movie. It's fun, and it just kind of goes into I remember a scene where he, like, puked into a blender. That's a classic scene. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, I also, and it's got Shannon Tweed in it. It's got Shannon Tweed, and it's got some great... Uh, you, basically, the four of them get split up, and they yeah. all have kind of a really cool moment. Yeah. Each of them, and um, no, that was a fun little movie. Way better than Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. That's for damn sure. Yeah, I was gonna. Yeah, Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Um, Hanna Barbera production for TV, not good. Yeah, which Kiss hate, and that's why it's not out. Well, yeah. Apparently, all I would buy it, it if it came out, even though it's not good. <laughs> apparently, one of them. I think it was uh, Peter or uh, Ace Freely. Yeah, I was reading. He was this, too drunk. I was reading about this last night. It, one of them was so out of it. Yeah, it was Ace Freely. I read. I read Ace Freely's book with their black yeah. body double yeah that was ace freely so, like all the shots of ace freely and he's dubbed in the movie too is it ace are you sure it's ace freely i'm pretty sure i read the i read i read ace or peter Chris. i read peter chris's and ace freely's book and i'm pretty sure it's it's ace freely yeah so one of them when you're watching this movie if you ever can find it is actually a black body double. and they also dubbed ace freely over <laughs> right so it doesn't it doesn't sound like him at all. He's got yeah. like this kind of like jokey like, hey guys, let's all go down to the freeway and all this <laughs> stuff like kind of stuff going on. So yeah. it's a disaster. It is, but um, it's great. Yeah. Um, 
Um, I also want to mention another one called 24-Hour Party People. It's about the Manchester scene in England. Um, if you're a fan of Joy Division or um, the Happy Mondays bands like that, Steve Coogan plays the guy who starts uh, Factory Records. It's another great piece of uh, like uh, rock and roll history um, that's, that's a good watch. Um, I can't go by without saying, mentioning Sid and Nancy um, just because it's, again, a quintessential piece of rock and roll history. I got made fun of in preparation for this podcast because of Sid and Nancy because Why? I haven't seen it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a, yeah, I mean, it's not for everyone, right? My, I mean, my, my girlfriend's kind of gave me the gears. Really? Yeah. She's like, you're doing a rock and roll podcast and you haven't seen Sid and Nancy. What is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah. She's like, we own it. Why are we, why haven't you watched it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a great movie. Gary Oldman plays Sid Vicious. It's one of the, the it's one of Nancy Alex Spongy. Cox's movies, right? Yeah. Well, Alex Cox had a really, uh, he was on a roll there too. With, mm -hmm. with his Cause stuff. he just finished Repo Man. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And Repo Man's kind of a rock and roll movie in a sense, but a sense. not really. It's got the attitude. It, it got omitted from this podcast because it wasn't rock and roll enough. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll talk about that one of these days. Yeah, but Sid and Nancy is a great one. And again, another pretty good soundtrack. Got my favorite song ever by the Pogues called Haunted. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a good movie. Isn't Courtney um, Love in it too? What's that? Courtney Love in Sid and Nancy? Yeah, she's kind of a dumbass. Well, so yeah. it's true to life. That's <laughs> so what we're saying. Um, the um, another one that I, I wanted to mention was called um, Jesus. You did take a lot of notes. Sorry, Pray for Rock and Roll, two thousand three, with Gina Gershon um, playing a singer of a of a female rock band. Laurie Petty and Drea DiMatteo is are in it as well. It was a fun little movie as well. Um, kind of enjoyed that, and um, as well as the Runaways with. Um, uh, Kristen Stewart playing Joan Jett. That was a pretty good movie, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's a little more mainstream, but it was. A and also, I've heard that uh, Sherry Sherry was a little bit pissed off because she didn't, or was it Joan Jett who was pissed off? There was someone who was pissed off because they said it wasn't a accurate enough. There was a lot of tinkering I can see around Joan with Jett the story. Being more pissed off, it might have been. It might have been Joan Jett then. Yeah, and Dakota Fanning played Sherry Curry, and then that chick from Halloween, Scout Taylor Compton played Lita Ford. Right. Yeah, it was okay. It was pretty good. Yeah, and um, I mean, I could keep going on, so I'm I'm gonna kind of wrap it up here. Um, well, let's just put it this way: we're gonna wrap it up. But if you guys liked this rock and roll movies topic and you want to hear more rock and roll movies, we can obviously obligate you guys with another episode because <laughs> Josh obviously has done his research. I come in here with a list of like ten to twelve movies. He comes in with five fucking pages, <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, I'm like. I know there's a lot of rock and roll movies, but why do you have to make me look bad? Oh, I'm not trying to make. You I'm look getting bad. back. You're getting back at me for the uh, for the Rome arm to the teeth, aren't you? Don't worry. If we ever do a slashers episode, I'm fine. That's true. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll stomp you into the ground on slashers. Yeah. But let's just quickly, because what are we looking at for time here? We're over time. Okay, it's so one thirty-six. Let's just wrap this one up by mentioning. You said your favorite rock and roll movie is Hardcore Logo, right? Yeah, I'd say that. What what. Let's just do three movies that we've talked about that we think people should go out and watch right now. What what would you say? Obviously, say, we, yeah. Go ahead. We said Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap for sure. Yeah. And you said Hardcore Logo. I'm with you on Hardcore Logo. It's a really good movie. It's very unknown, kind of. And uh, what would be our third one? You think? I always say people should go watch Tapeheads, but you know that's just me. Probably. Probably Rock and Roll High School if you've never seen it. Although it's a crime if you haven't seen it by now. 
I'm really tied on that one. I'd be between rock and roll high school and stains. Yeah, Stains if you want a more obscure punk rock movie. Yeah, and if you're interested in, like, a girl band. Yeah, and Rock and Roll High School if you just want to have fun. Yeah, because it's more like a comedy, Yeah, we'll just say that. Yeah. Okay, so, like we said, um, if you want to hear more about rock and roll movies, we can gladly do another episode, but we're going to wrap it up here Yeah, uh, for sure. Um, Hopefully, you guys enjoyed this little ramble that we did about rocking out. And, uh, as always, you guys can... Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash GBW podcast. You can visit us on the web at www.thevideograveyard.com. And you can also hit us on Twitter at Video Graveyard. Um, we want to thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and rate whenever you can, if you can. And hopefully you guys will join us for the next time. And that's it for me. I'm Chris. I'm out. With me is Josh. And I'm out too. And we will talk to you later. All right, party on.